Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Hello, welcome to Culture Eat Strategy uh, with yours truly, Jamie J. Millennials aren't the problem, they just expose the problem. What does that mean? Well, we're going to talk to Chris Tuff today and find out a little bit more about that. Uh, Chris is the author of USA Today's bestseller, The Millennial Whisperer. And in his book, Chris offers research-based, time-tested strategies for bridging communication gaps between millennials and the rest of the workforce. With millennials on track to make up, get this, 75% of the workforce by 2030, it's crucial dare I say, critical for employees to harness the strengths of this generation and help develop strong leaders for future generations. Chris completely debunks myths about millennials while providing an overview and in-depth look at generational stereotypes that do tend to be true. He'll share practical, real-world, tested solutions to better understand millennials and effectively recruit, retain, and motivate this passionate generation. What does this have to do with culture eat strategy, everything, everything. You have to have a culture uh, that is set up, that's inviting, that's welcoming, uh, that embraces um, anyone, including millennials, uh, so that uh, they feel uh, empowered to be there. They feel part of the team. Uh, they feel accepted. Um, and we will go into this with Chris as as, uh, as the threat. I would like to find out what his threat is. Actually, I already know it, just to let you know. But um, it this is real. Uh, and as we said there, uh, 75% of the workforce by 2030 is millennials. You got to get on this uh, really quick, especially for those of you that are really going through those uh, scaling challenges right now. So without any further ado, uh, Chris, Welcome. Thanks so much, Jamie. I'm excited to be here. Super fired up. I'm caffeinated, ready to rock and roll. You know, it's funny yesterday. First of all, I love the title of this podcast. I mean, I think it's, um, it's, it's dead on. And I went on a quick tirade yesterday about someone said, so, uh, Chris, this isn't a book about millennials. It sounds like it's more a book about how to build a good culture. And I said, yeah, I mean, I think good culture is a byproduct of great leadership. This is a mm -hmm. leadership book. And that's why I say we've, we've all adapted to new ways of working. I mean, we can all attest to what this has done to our lives. And, and, and if you're listening to this, Chris is holding up a phone. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm shaking my phone here. And I think the greatest thing that is lacking within our walls is for whatever reason, we have an inability to bring more empathy and more connection into the workplace. Mm. And for the first time ever, we have a generation that not only craves it, but they require it. And mm. if you don't bring it, they will walk. And, you know, there's... there's and and that's the threat, right? Exactly. They will walk. 
And you're probably already seeing it within your walls, but there's two sides of this, this kind of um, this argument here. You know, one is what are all the things that we need to adapt to, to create a better environment for millennials? But then the other side is that what do millennials need from us to be better leaders and humans? And, you know, I introduce concepts like my 70-30 rule, which is 30% of your life sucks. 30% of your job is going to suck. So get used to it. You know, life isn't this thing that is playing out in this Instagram perfection. It's not all pink elephants and lemonade. No. And, and yeah, it's like <laughs> the grass is not greener on the other side. And so, you know, tactically, what that means for us as leaders that we need to do for not only the next generation and these younger workers, but also I think ourselves is take your job description and put what's in your 30% and what's in your 70%. Your 70% should fire you up, fuel you up, um, you know, be close to your passion point and purpose. But the 30%, like for me, it's anything in Excel. And by knowing that it's in my 30%, anytime I'm doing Excel, I'm like, oh, well, even if I have two days of this, I know it's in my 30%. I'm going to get to that other side. And that helps alleviate some of those things. So it's two sides, right? So it's how mm-hmm. do we need to adapt? You know, on the adaptation for us as leaders, it's like, one thing I say is uh, that at the end of the day, when your head hits the pillow, if you're not re- like completely exhausted by overly rewarding and recognizing your team of millennials and now Gen Zers, then you haven't done it enough. And the reason for that is the, this is a product of helicopter parents, participation trophies, and a generation that anytime they wanted instant gratification or some sort of reward, they posted something to Instagram and they got it. Yep. So. How do we accommodate for that as leaders? So um, in, in, for some of our uh, listeners who really want to understand this, maybe you can define um, what a millennial is, first of all, so yeah. they know who we're talking sure. about. Because yep. as you said, there's a difference between, and I can't wait to hear about the tattoo story again, <laughs> but there is a difference between our baby boomers who are, in essence, a lot of our leaders today. Yep. Um, but just want to get them familiar 24 with 24 year olds to 37 year olds. Yeah, and so almost everyone that's coming into your workforce right now are millennials. Mm-hmm. And the ones that have been there for a while are millennials. And one of the things I set out in the book is it's actually two very different generations, older millennials and younger millennials. What makes them different generations is when they adopted technology, older millennials had beepers in college. Younger millennials were given an iPhone with a Snapchat account on it for their 13th birthday. That creates a very different generation coupled with the other big um, kind of um, what makes them different generations, older millennials and younger millennials, is when the recession of 2008 either hit them, older millennials, or their parents. Mm-hmm. And so, what, so we're talking about, once again, 23, 24 year olds to 37 year olds in the workforce. And then right behind that, we've got Gen Z coming. And if you can't get oh the older millennials, then you can't get the younger millennials. And then good luck with Gen Z. And my general philosophy is that the world keeps getting better. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. look at the stats. The world's keep keeps getting better and generations are getting better. So, um, you know, one thing we have to do is let's stop using so if you, millennial. If you the world's getting better. If I if, if, can, I interrupt you there for a second. Sure. What's the baseline for 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 you to say that the world's getting better? So, from all key indicators, I think there are some things that 
we're failing in. And we are, if you look at um, education, you know, access to education, health, um, everything is starting to trend upwards, right? Gotcha. But instead, as a society, we focus on a lot of those negatives. You know, there are other pieces of it. You look at rates of depression in young people, you look at anxiety rates. There are certain things that us as leaders have to take on to help this generation with. And gotcha. it's usually the byproduct of social media and some of these things. And I think a lack of real connection with people that we have to help accommodate for. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That, that helps out a lot. So, so yeah, let's continue uh, going on there. Sorry for the sidebar there. So now that we've identified the millennials and the next generation, um, what can we do um, to keep them involved, keep them motivated so that we don't lose them? Because as you said, it's very difficult. As a matter of fact, let me go to the sidebar. I went in and got my beard trimmed, my haircut yesterday. And uh, I was in this really, it's, it's yeah. the same barber I've been going to for a while. He's a, he's a great guy. He's kind of dry humor and all that stuff, but it, it's close to the house. It's very convenient. And, and he, you know, he's, he's okay as far as not super expensive. So I, I went there and, and he's always the only person there. And there's six seats in this barbershop and it's, you know, the old mahogany wood dark, it's really cool looking, you know, and he's got the Bob Dylan playing on, you know, the music every time you walk in there and it's just, it's just a cool vibe, but there's never anybody else in there. And he, while we were, you know, barbers like to talk when they're doing the haircuts and he goes, he goes, I can't get anybody to work here. And I said, why is that? And he goes, I don't know. Like one guy dropped off an application, but I smelled alcohol on his breath. So I just threw the paper away um, you know, we've had a couple other people in there, but they all just want to have their own clients. They don't want to buy into the culture here. And I go, yeah. what, you know, and I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, like, what, it, this is a perfect example. This guy, he's, he's about 50, sure. 55, um, has this neat little barber shop, but he can't grow it. And, and I'm wondering maybe what kind of advice would you have for him? Because and, and this is very, very small. Yeah. I understand that, but it's kind of right along the same lines of what we were just talking about. Totally. And that was one of the greatest challenges that I set out to accommodate, which is um, how can this book help restaurant owners as well as the Home Depot and Fortune 100 companies? And so some of my stories from that are, I use stories from a dental office as well as a local restaurant group. And uh, I think the biggest thing is understanding what it is that millennials are looking for from leadership. And the first thing they're looking for is inspirational leadership. They're looking for autonomy. And then they're looking for um, transparency. Like those are the key things that people need to understand going into um, a place. Now, if you've got to attract those millennials, first of all, right? So what they're looking for from an organization is first and foremost, they're looking for no different than any other generation pay and benefits. The second thing, which is different than other generations, is a positive work culture, culture, mm-hmm. right? That's right. number two for millennials, according to the Deloitte Millennial Survey of 2018. That's number two. Um, and then you get into work flexibility is one, which is so critical and where I think a lot of um, companies are going astray is by not accommodating for that. So I think understanding those things from an organizational level are important. 
So, oh, oh, the last piece is purpose, and so, oh, okay. you know, um, the you've got to have you've got to have a purpose that's bigger than just a bottom line or profits, right? And so, if you don't know what your purpose is as a small business, medium sized business, or large business, then you got to start there. I love that because that that in essence, um, is, is for me, culture is behavior. Right? How do how do we behave in, in in any particular environment? If I am a business leader, if if Chris, if you if you're if you're the head honcho, right, in your entity, um, you have a core set of values, whether they're good or bad. I don't know. Right? It, it, it doesn't matter. But whatever that belief system is, that's the foundation for the discovery of whatever entity it is that you're going to be building. And in my opinion, if you're not attracting people uh, with similar core values or share a similar belief system, um, I think that purpose will be non-existent uh, because I think yep. there's going to be combative elements all the way through the process. And I don't think it's going to work out. I think there has to be some synergy, some alignment there. And... I'm wondering if you have some suggestions or ideas or concepts and how we can um, convey our... Totally. So, so it's funny you bring that up. And um, someone asked me yesterday, uh, in a sales organization, um, how do you recruit the right talent? Uh, because I brought up a point where most of the time when we have a bad fit, as an organization, it's not because of work ethic or other things. It's a culture fit and it's a team fit. And so uh, that's where only 20% of the people on my team make it past their trial period of six weeks. And so I actually will do freelance to hire programs where we can test that person out to see how they are as a culture fit before we make the big decision to offer them a job and then have to deal with the aftermath of what that does. And so um, what I emphasize to the sales organization, they're like, well, and, you know, one of the things is that we don't know in a trial period whether or not they're a good salesperson. I said, well, use that. You'll, you'll be able to figure out in your screening process whether or not they're a good or track record, whether or not they're a good salesperson. Use your six weeks to really determine whether or not they're a good culture fit. And that's where you know, you really have to strive. The other piece is one of the, when writing this book, I, uh, the millennial whisperer, I ended up doing research for, I went to Google and I said, well, who's the number one boss for millennials. And I came across a guy who has a massive agency based out of Philadelphia. And he was called out as the number one boss for millennials. So I called him and I asked him about culture. And I asked him about autonomy specifically. And he said, have you ever heard of the term protect this house? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I think so. He goes, okay, well, Under Armour did a whole campaign around it. And what I tell my people is that we have something special. And that specialness is culture. And that is our core. And it is up to every single one of you to protect this house. So if there's a bad culture fit, you spit them out. If you want to capitalize on our unlimited paid vacation, you ask someone to cover for you when you take that two weeks off. 
right? And it's up to you all to protect this house. And I think that's such an important point as you look to culture and upholding it, but also in creating it and understanding what it is that contributes to the overall thing. And in the book, I talk about, I think as organizations, so often we try to dictate what culture should be versus it's up to us to help create the direction, but then let go, right? Mm -hmm. And let go and actually be that's what autonomy is, is let your company run with the culture. And the what we've done as an organization at 22 Squared, my ad, our ad agency, is the best way to define our culture is actually a hashtag, hashtag 22 culture. We have over 4,000 Instagram posts of people posting what that term means to them. And I can't put my pinpoint on what that looks like. And that's my quick tirade, Jamie. I apologize for going on that. But I think it's a couple no. important points. I, I, think it, I think it's huge. I, I totally think it's huge. Um, we even go, you know what that is? That's empowerment. Self-governance is empowerment. And, 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 exactly. and millennials, <laughs> um, God bless them, uh, for the good and bad of all that is millennials, um, they they need to feel empowered. They need to feel uh, that gratification, that, that what they're doing is important. Uh, heck, on my team, um, I have millennials and a little bit younger than, than millennials, but they create their own job roles and responsibilities. Like, sure. They map out what their job is, what their responsibilities right. are. And I've found that that's been so helpful now, ultimately, we have to prove them, right? But it's it's pretty neat to see that transition and seeing them assume uh, the responsibility of a role they laid out for themselves. Um, and I think that's probably why uh, the longest person has been with us for seven years. The average people have been with us for four years. This is this is crazy. Yeah, it's very small business like this. Yeah. Why do people leave then? Uh, other than these, like, is it you're seeing millennials just okay? Bye, see ya. I'm gone. Yeah. So a couple of things. I think we we lack the ability to create pathways within our organizations. I'm talking to a very large organization right now where they have amazing culture. They have amazing benefits, but our passions evolve. Right. It took me. I was an account executive. I was a creative. I had like five different positions getting paid over five years, the same amount of money every single year as I bounced around until I found my passion point. Mm. And, you know, my whole thing is life needs to be a ruthless pursuit of passions. And what kept you there? In, I'm curious. What's that? What kept you there? You so, just said until you found your passion. Um, and that, that's, that's surprising to me because yeah. you kept, kept kind of bouncing around. Why didn't you leave? The culture kept me there of the culture and the entrepreneurial nature of the organization kept me there um, because I was able to create new job positions for myself that didn't necessarily exist before. And so, you know, it wasn't until I had some of these moves that I ended up falling into the digital and social media space that was kind of all of my positions together. Wow. Um, so in so, essence, culture eats passion then. Because you weren't passionate about the previous roles, but you stayed there because of culture. Totally. That's interesting to me. Exactly. I've, never, I've never heard that before. So I think we need to make it easier for our people to move around. 
And you look at these massive organizations and it's like, okay, yeah, people, your passions evolve. You're going to figure it out as you go along and don't make, don't force people to leave in order to seek those. So, you know, I think that is important. I think the other thing is important is that we do remind our people that the grass isn't greener on the other side. And, you know, that's why creating rules like the 70-30 and then also, you know, developing programs. I say to everyone, you've got to support their side hustle. So, you know, help your people identify their own personal purpose statements. So be that catalyst. And I, so I did that with my team and everyone came up with their personal, over a six week period, I worked with them. And at a dinner, everyone announced their personal purpose statement. They put a stake in the ground. And then we were able to identify side hustles that we create 20% of their time um, to, to pursue that are more in line with those passion points. And, you know, once you're going to either quickly find out that it's way harder to create that passion job um, on the side with that 20%, or you're going to find that it's awesome and that you need to be driving more towards that. Let's not force our people to leave in order to pursue those things. So good for you. uh, Yeah, Chris. Yeah, seriously. Hats off to you on that. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it was funny. I, I, I spoke in front of an audience of about 200 people, um, an older audience. I'd say the average age was about 50 years old, skewed probably 70% male. And I said, by raise of hands, how many people know their individual purpose statements? Two hands, two people. And it was then I was like, well, maybe I should change my speech to be less about how to motivate millennials and, and keep them and attract them, et cetera. And let's talk about purpose. <laughs> Holy cow. What is your individual purpose statement? If you don't mind. But yeah, it's, uh, I've had it the same one surprisingly for the last five years and it's to inspire and connect. And, um, you know, I think I've got individual goals and pieces underneath it, but that's always been my filter for prioritization. And it's also what I ask myself when investing in time and money, a lot of money into this book, whether or not I should do it. I was like, yeah, this is exact. This is the core of my purpose. I need this. And it was my side hustle. And now it's my full-time hustle. I love it. Mine is lead with kindness. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I can see that too. You know, you got to walk that talk too, right? Like, I mean, I think people try to create purpose, purposes that are, that sound great and look great but it's not in line of here and here and it's like dude come on really no yeah that's not you're just saying that you're just saying (laughs) because that's a popular buzzword (laughs) well see i I was challenged uh by my well i think that's wife at the time by using that she's like jamie i don't i don't love it you know she really challenged me and uh i believed in it enough to even through uh critique, I, I, I stuck with it. I thought it, so it made it even more powerful for me. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I also, I felt myself wanting to interrupt you a couple of times and I, and I, I'm really biting down on my word for this year is listen. And I feel the more I can listen, the, obviously the more I can learn and the more the, the 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 listeners whoever's listening in can learn and so listen for me uh, as an acronym is listen intentfully and soulfully to engage notably uh, and I'm really trying hard to practice that so my apologies for interrupting a couple times all right it's it's a new kind of You're thing good. For me. 
so I guess I guess uh, in 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 wrapping up here because I want to respect your time. Uh, how do people? How are they able to reach out to you uh, and learn more about the Millennial Whisperer and uh, what you're doing over there at Twenty Two Squared? Sure. So uh, check it out, um, themillennialwhisperer.com. And as many people know, the word millennial is very difficult to spell. It's two L's and two N's. Uh, so you can also go to tmwhisper.com and um, there you can download a free chapter of the book to see if whether or not you want to read it. And uh, you can also take a millennial leadership assessment, which takes a lot of statistics of what I worked directly with Vanderbilt University and all this. And uh, we created an individual assessment that basically rates how you are leading your teams um, around these key pieces. Uh, and then, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn, Chris, uh, LinkedIn uh, forward slash Christopher Tuff, uh, as well as at Chris Tuff on Twitter or tough two two on Instagram. So lots of ways to reach out to me. And tough T U F F. Yeah, T U F F. And uh, check out our agency twenty two 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 squared dot com. But um, you know, I am. I tell a lot of people, and I start my speeches. I have a passion disorder because I get so passionate about this stuff, and I live and breathe this thing. And if you were to ask me five years ago, what's the most important thing for? small business, medium-sized business, massive business to not only thrive, but survive in today's day and age. I would have told you back then, it's all about innovation and digital. If you're asking me that same thing today, I would tell you, it's all about how can we bring more empathy and more connection, Mm -hmm. essentially culture. And with that, the right people will bring that innovation. The right people, the younger people, they will drive you forward. But without that, you will die. Because you finally have a generation that will walk if you don't meet them on their own terms. And I think most of the things I tell everyone, deep down, I'm kind of more of a millennial than most millennials. Like what these things that they're looking for, are things that I think a lot of us as humans are desiring. So let's not get in the way of that. Oh, I freaking love that. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's so important. Um, and, and that's why uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a student of culture. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing all that you've done. And thank you for writing this book, man. Uh, this is going to help so many people out. It's already helped uh, over 50,000 out. I hope you get to help another 50,000 out. Um, and more. So I do any- as well. I do as well. I mean, I think we're just getting warmed up. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, thank you again. Um, anything else you'd like to say before we wrap? No, I mean, I thank you for your time, Jamie, and keep doing what you're doing. And, and let's, let's continue to let culture eat strategy all day, every day. Yes, I love that. And you must be like in marketing or advertising or something like that, man. That's good. This is awesome. Okay, it. well, uh, hold on one quick second. I'll go ahead and wrap up. Uh, go check out the millennialwhisperer.com. Uh, if you're a challenge speller like I am, you can go to tmwhisperer.com um, and uh, go check out the Millennial Whisperer by Chris Tuff. Uh, I'll put all the links in the show notes. So if you're driving, don't worry, you're going to get everything. Uh, I'll send it right to you. Uh, subscribe to the show. Go rate us and review on iTunes. Hey, if you like us, five stars. Tell us why you like us. If you don't like us, give us a one star. Tell me why you don't like it. I'd love to learn that. I say that every single episode. Um, let me know how we're doing, what we can do better. 
thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Culture Eat Strategy. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking with Chris Tuff today. Uh, go check it out, themillennialwhisperer.com. You can also check out uh, his place of work at 22squared.com. And uh, hope you enjoyed it. Have a great one. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. 